you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Right where you are, wherever you are, let's give the Lord some praise. Let's talk to him right now with an open heart. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercies and grace. Thank you, God, for your love towards us. Thank you, Jesus, for all your goodness and mercy. We need you, Lord. Blessed be your name. God, we want you to move and minister in our hearts, in this temple, this tabernacle, in our homes. We come before you with great prayer and great intention. We come before you today, making this territory a place of mighty worship. God, wherever we find ourselves, we find ourselves with you in your presence. For that we know where two or three are gathered together, that you'd be in the midst of us. No matter our location, no matter where we are in this earth, we know that you are faithful to do what you've said you would do and move through us, God. In the name of Jesus, we declare it. Thank you, God, for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, God, for your protection over our lives, Jesus. We need you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Our homes are a place of worship. Our cars are a place of worship. Our jobs are a place of worship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. And we thank you all for watching tonight. We thank you all for joining us. And thank you all for getting together with your family and friends and whoever's with you, whoever lives in your home, whoever's around. We're so excited about this today being broadcast out all over the world, all over the Austin community because we know people are in need of an encouraging word. And here at Austin First Church, we want to bring that word to every one of you. And I believe that we have a word for all of you. I believe we've got singers that are used of God to encourage you, prepare you. And I also believe that today the Lord is going to allow me to be a voice, a help to be able to encourage every one of you that are going through difficulty in this quarantine. When you feel like you're stuck and you feel like you can't get out, and I'm hoping I can be a blessing tonight. So from Austin First Church, as the pastor of this church, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of this. I want the Lord to move in your homes, move in your hearts, and I hope that you're gathered around and you're ready because God's going to minister to you. I believe tonight God is going to move and minister to each of you. I, I hope and believe that. I want to say before we go to the Word of God tonight that if you're a guest joining us here, you're not a member, thank you. We're here for you. We pray for you. And we thank you so much for joining. We hope you'll continue to join because we know that there's going to be a blessing for you and your home. So please, we're the church on the east side, and we're here to help do what we can during this difficult season. And we're opening up our ministry to everyone because we know that it's time for us to be a blessing to the entire world, and we are ready and prepared to do that. And so please keep joining us. To all the members of our church, we pray for you, and we think of you daily. I'm still working my way down our phone call list trying to, to get out to talk to every single one of our members. It's taken some time uh, doing other things too, so I'll get around to that. If you need to talk to us, please get a hold of us. Don't wait. Don't delay. Some of you might be just doing fine. Some of you might be in a hurry to communicate. So please reach out to us and let us know, and we'll do our best to do that. And we're just excited about continuing the move of the Spirit in this weird time that we're living in, and we hope tonight we can continue to do that. Tonight I want to talk about prison ministry, prison ministry. I know that might seem a little funny to some people thinking about prison ministry because we feel like we're stuck and we feel like we're at home. We feel like we can't get out or do a whole lot, but we still have to continue to do the will of God, continue to minister. And so tonight I want to talk about how we can minister 
in a prison time because it is a theme throughout the entire Word of God. Sometimes we can't go where we want to, but we can always be in the will of God. No matter where we're allowed to go or not allowed to go, we can always do the will of God. Genesis chapter 39 is where I want to take all of our attention tonight. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1 through, let's go through 13 or 14, then we'll jump down a little bit more. And that's where I want to begin right now. If you have a Bible wherever you are, you can use that. But let me go through the scriptures here. And I want us to see what happened in the study of Joseph and when the time when he was in his own quarantine, his own prison, of course, for different reasons, not because of a virus. But he was stuck and he was still anointed of God. Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph, even though he had been taken into slavery, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. I want you to catch every part of the story. The slave was a successful man, and he is, he is in now the house of his master, the Egyptian, a successful slave under the slavery guidance of his master, an Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his entire house over all the people, over all the servants. He was second in command of the entire home and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The only reason why the Egyptian was blessed is because Joseph the slave was in his home. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and in appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. She wanted to get intimate with Joseph, but he refused. He refused, and he said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. Notice what he says in verse 9. There is no one greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me, because you are his wife. Now, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. She consistently came after Joseph. But it happened about this time that when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were inside, there was no accountability, he was all alone with her, that she caught him by his garment and she went one more time to this, this lying she used, I want you to lie with me, I want to be intimate with you. And he left his garment in her hand, and he fled and ran away outside. So it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice, obviously lying, lying, not telling the truth about Joseph. Let's skip down to verse 20 through 23. 
Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. He went from house prison to real prison. He went from a place where he could not get out of, but at least he had the comforts of his home, to a place where was very uncomfortable, very locked up, into a real prison. A place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the, in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. That favor just followed Joseph straight to that prison. And the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. A beautiful story of how God kept his hand on Joseph through a time of quarantine, a time of prison, and that is exactly what we're going to talk about tonight, and I hope that it blesses all of you. And if you're standing, you can be seated, and we just want to say once again how glad we are that you're all here, and we're so thankful for the internet and a, a place for us to join together and to spread the Word of God. Joseph had a dream that his family would one day bow down to him. Before all of this happened, before everything took place, Joseph had a dream, and he was so, I guess, naive about it that he decided to tell his family one day that I had a dream, and all of you in that dream were going to bow down before me. And out of jealousy, his brothers sold him into slavery. He ended up in Egyptian slavery, far away from home, all because of jealousy, all because his brothers were jealous that God had a plan for his life, and God was going to use him to do mighty things. So let this story of Joseph remind all of us that the plan of God exempts people from stopping it. The plan of God will never let anybody come in between you and what God wants to do with your life. Nobody can mess up the will of God for your life except you. Nobody. You are the only one that can ruin the future for your life. Just because somebody wants you to fail does not mean you will fail. When the Lord gives you a dream, people cannot stop or hinder what the Lord wants to do in your life. I don't know who I'm talking to today all over this area, all over the world, that you think God has a plan for you and people want to stop it and you think people can stop it. But I've come to tell you tonight, people cannot stop it. When God gives you a dream, you can hold on to it. You can trust in it because the Lord will make a way out of no way. He will use your enemies. He will use your brothers to propel you and push you into a future that will make you great. Don't fear or doubt because their jealousy cannot stop the will of God for your life. When Joseph arrives to Egypt, he is immediately sold to one of the most powerful leaders in Egypt. We read where the dreamer of big dreams is not a slave to a very powerful man, is a slave to a very powerful man far from home. Joseph is in a literal house quarantine. Joseph can't do what he wants to do. His life was no longer his own life. He was under the instructions of another, kind of like 
in, in this area that we're living in. We, we feel like we're under the uh, word of the authorities of our counties and, and the judges and the mayors and the governor. We feel like we really can't do certain things because we've got people over us. And now today in our nation, if you're not obeying these laws, they will, they will put you in jail for not obeying these laws. We feel like we're trapped and we feel like we can't get out. We feel like our freedom is at risk and that's okay because that's exactly what was happening with Joseph. He was literally in quarantine. He was not allowed to leave unless he had permission. He was a slave to the authorities of his nation. Does this sound familiar to all of us? I believe it does. We feel very stuck right now. We feel like we can relate and of course, while Joseph had it far worse than we do, we can relate a little bit with Joseph right now in this story. What do you do when you're stuck and you're sent at the same time? What do you do when God wants to send you, but you're stuck? What do you do when you have a dream to be great, but you're in a bad place? What do you do when the Lord has given you a promise for bigger things and greater things, but you're stuck in a home, a small home, a small home with lots of guards and lots of big armies, and you don't know what to do, but you have a big dream and a big vision. You feel like you're called and you're sent, but you're stuck all at the same time. What do you do when you're stuck and you're sent? At the same time, you and I, you and I right now have big dreams of making a difference in our world and in our city. We have big dreams to help people, to bless people. We can relate to Joseph having something burning inside of us that says there is more than this for us. There is more than being shut up at home, shut up in our backyards. There's more to this than being stuck. I've got something great on my life. I cannot continue to just deal like this. We know what it's like to have the itch to get up and do something, to get out and make a work. We know that there's more to this life than being stuck. And much like Joseph, we find ourselves wondering, how could this have any bearing on a wonderful future? I'm supposed to have a great future. I'm supposed to have an amazing future. I had a dream about it. How does me being in quarantine, how does me being stuck help me get to a place that God has called me to be? I don't understand, God. In times like this, when you can't seem to get out of your location, you have to do like Joseph, and you've got to get into your location. I'll explain it in just a moment. But when you, when you can't get out of your location physically, we have to start to look at our location and invest into it spiritually. When you don't know where to go and you can't get out, you have to take what's in you and give it to the place you can't leave. Joseph didn't try to get out. He tried to get what was in him out. In times like this, we can't get out of our location. We don't know what to do. And the Bible says that Joseph arrived with favor. And why in the world, I don't know, why in the world, though, are people of light consistently trying to escape darkness? I don't know why people with favor are always trying to run from Egypt. I don't know why people who have the blessings of God on them are always crying 
to God to get them out of Potiphar's house and prisons where all the people who need to see the light, they live there. I don't know why we having the light and the favor and the power on us are always trying to get around more light and away from darkness. But could it be that there's something inside the people of light that the people in the darkness need to see? Could it be that we are here for a reason? Could it be we're in this place for a purpose? The favor was not there until Joseph arrived. We've got to get favor out of the church. We've got to get favor out of the pulpits. We've got to get favor out of the homes. We've got to get favor out into the world. And sometimes we're stuck in the very place because the people that we're around need to share in the favor that we have. We Don't we know that where we go, the favor goes with us? Only in the kingdom of God can the entire home be blessed because of the faithfulness and the anointing of the lowest slave among you. Only in the kingdom of God can the lowest worker at Walmart bless the entire company because they're full of the Holy Ghost and have favor on them. Only in the kingdom of God can a slave walk in and be more powerful than their owner. Only the kingdom of God can the slave be greater than the master. Because when you have the master on your side, you automatically become greater than your master on the earth. This is the favor that Joseph brought into Pharaoh's or into yeah, Pharaoh's kingdom and into Potiphar's home. He went with favor. Favor was not in the prison. Favor was in the prisoner. Favor was not in the place. Favor was in the person. People have favor. Places don't have favor. God is not the God of place favor. He's the God of person favor. No matter where you find yourself tonight, you can have the favor, and the favor can get into the place. It doesn't matter where you are because our God does not give favor to position. He does not give favor to place. He gives favor to people. And that means no matter what prison you find yourself in, that prison can have favor. Real freedom has nothing to do with where you can go. Real freedom is all about being able to stay who you are when you realize you're stuck. Because people go crazy when they get stuck. How many out there are going crazy? You should just type right now, crazy. We get crazy when we get stuck. We get crazy when we get on an elevator that stops. We start to panic and breathe heavy. We get crazy when traffic stops in Austin, Texas. Y'all know what that's like, don't you? Right about now, it's probably not so bad, but it has been. And we get crazy. We get mad because we sit there for 30 minutes, and it could have been 10, and we go crazy because we're stuck. We, get cra we go crazy in waiting rooms when the doctor said, be here at 1115, and it's 1145 before they call your name. We go crazy when we're stuck. When we pay $50 and go to Six Flags and wait in two-hour lines as if we didn't choose to pay and we didn't choose to go, we get angry at the place because we chose to go. And we go crazy waiting in line and we get frustrated. But let's face it, there'll be many times we will just get stuck 
It's part of life. There are going to be some dead end roads. There's going to be some times you can't get out. There's going to be some times you're powerless. You're stuck. What do you do when you're stuck? But you know you're also sent. We've got to answer the question tonight because we know there are times we will get stuck. But when we understand that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, your steps can take you into a prison, and you can keep your praise. When you understand that the steps will take you to places that sometimes will make you stuck, if it's God that's on your side, the place that you go to is not that bad. The place you're stuck in might be a blessing. The place you're stuck in might be good for you. Because if you're righteous, if you're right with God, if you've got favor on your life, then you might not be stuck. You might be getting set up. We see these moments and these times as stuck, but God sees them as set up. God sees them as moments to propel us and to push us, and we say, I'm stuck. And God is saying, no, you're not stuck. You're getting prepared. You're getting ready. I've got something greater for you. If you're going to get through your prison, you'll have to start believing God that bad news can be good for you. We as the people of God have got to start to believe that God can move in bad news. We've got to start believing that when we hear bad reports and we see bad things, that this is not an indicator that God is not with us and God is not for us because the favor is not in the place. The favor's on the person. I can be in a bad place and still have the favor. The place is no indicator of the condition of my spirituality. The place does not say I'm a sinner. The place does not say I'm forgotten. The place has nothing to do with how God looks at me. I can still have his favor and be stuck in a bad place. Stop believing that you don't have favor because you're stuck. Stuck is not the same as not having favor. Listen to the story of Joseph and remember that you can be stuck. You can be in a prison and still have promise and still have potential. And when you start to believe that bad news can be good, when you do that, you begin to bless your prisons. When you believe the prison's not the end and you believe the prison's not the end, it's not the final destination, you start to work in the prison. You see, a lot of us see the prison as the end and we give up. But when you believe the prison has a purpose, you start to use your favor in your prison. And when you believe your prison is not the end, but it's just a part of the stepping stone, a part of the journey, then you understand, while I'm stuck here, I might as well be blessing. I might as well be working. I might as well be busy. Because, God, I know you've got more for me than a prison. So I'm going to use my favor. I'm going to use my gifts. I'm going to use my talents. As long as I'm stuck here, I'll be using my anointing and my favor, and I will bless this place that I'm stuck in. You can't bless your prison if you don't believe there's a purpose for it. You can't bless those in your prison if you don't believe there's a purpose for it. You can't continue to pray in your prison if you don't believe God has a purpose for it. You will lose your faith. You will lose your hope. You'll think this is the end. But how many times does God have to take us through these pits and these prisons to get us to our palace before we understand that God uses these things for promotion? Notice the progression of Joseph's promotion in the prison. He is successful, and the master notices Joseph's success because power 
listens to power. Joseph found favor in the sight of his master, and the Bible says he served his Egyptian master because he didn't have to. He could have done like some slaves do and rebel. Could have been difficult. He could have said, I don't deserve this, and I'm going to treat you like the way you've been treating me. But he had favor, and he didn't have to compensate. Listen to me. When you have favor, you don't have to fight those who are abusing you. When you have favor on you and you know it, you don't have to treat them like they treat you. When you've got favor on you, you are, you are secure with your spirituality. They can misuse you. They can make you a slave. But you will not treat them in the way they've treated you because you know that you have got favor on you greater than the one that's hurting you. You know you're protected, and they can't stop you. So what do you do? You serve a master that's not worthy to be served because you understand this place you're stuck will serve a purpose. So you begin to unlock your power and unlock your favor, unlock your gifts, and begin to work in a place that you shouldn't even be. And there as he worked and there as he kept the right spirit and as he served, the Bible says he was promoted to being over everything in the home. And now he is in second command of a mighty man's home. All because he had favor and because he served. And he didn't even deserve any of it. Because God had a purpose and a plan. When God is on your side, you get promoted even when you're serving. See, I know we live in a society where it's dog-eat-dog, dog, and it's everybody trying to, you know, step on each other. It's everybody trying to kill each other to get to the top. But in the kingdom of God, when you serve, God promotes. In the kingdom of God, God promotes you when you serve those who don't deserve it. God is the final say in every promotion. And when God's on your side, you get promoted even when you're the slave. You don't have to fight like they fight to win like they win. We don't have to fight like Egypt to win. We can do it God's way because if God be for us, we know that no one can be against us. There are two warnings that we must listen to when we're in the prison. This is very important. I want everyone to hear this tonight. First, we must be careful of self-indulgence because Potiphar's wife started winking at Joseph when he became successful. Some of us have no temptations when we're losers. But when God begins to move on us, and we begin to have success, we begin to have a little bit of power. Powerful people look our way. Beautiful women all of a sudden notice. And so the Bible says that Potiphar's wife was watching Joseph as he was being great. And he was doing great things. She thought he was handsome, but she also liked his success, let's be honest. She didn't just get to this place in life not being smart. She thought, if he's second in command, I want first in command and second command close to me. Self-preservation. So she offered herself to him intimately, continually. She offered herself to him day after day, but do not be deceived. She was not really into Joseph. She was into his favor. When you use your God-given favor to please your flesh, you will eventually lose your God-given favor. When you use what God gave you for his kingdom to satisfy yourself, you will 
you will eventually compromise the future that God has for you. I've seen too many great men fall. I've seen too many great musicians, too many great preachers, too many great saints that they thought the anointing was for themselves indulgence. They thought that the success that God gave them was so they could take something for themselves. And they failed. And they lost. And they lost it all. Because they did not understand you cannot use the favor of God to self-indulge. You cannot use what God gave you, the favor that God gave you, to scratch an itch of your flesh. If you use the anointing and the gifts of God to satisfy your flesh, you will mess up your future. You will sabotage the future prophecy that God has on your life. Some people are not into you. They're into the favor that God has on your life. See, some of us think that we're all that because people start to flock to us in times of success, but they're not into you. That's the, I, know, I know this because when you lose out, they'll leave you. Some people are not into you. They're into the favor on your life. And that's why when God begins to bless you, people come out of the woodwork to try to tempt you because they don't want just a piece of you. They want a piece of your favor, but they don't know that if you give in to them, you will lose your favor. We trade our favor for a moment with a fake friend because they are attracted to the success that God, only God, can give to us. So I warn you today, don't ever trade your favor for people's praise. Don't ever trade the favor that God put on you to get the praise of men because that's not why God gave it to you. That's your first warning. Second warning, when you're in quarantine, when you're in seclusion, second warning, we must be careful of self-promotion because when you feel like you're stuck, you look for a way to self-promote. I don't know how to get out of this thing. Let me start looking for a ladder. Maybe I can build a ladder. Maybe I can make a way out. When you feel like you're stuck, you're tempted to take matters into your own hands. When you think you're a slave and there's no purpose for being there, you will look for a way to get out of your situation that God never intended. So I warn you, be careful of self-promotion when you're in a, in a stuck place, in a prison place. I like how he handled the temptation to use Potiphar's wife as a promotional tool because she could have pulled strings for him. I'll be with you intimately. You'll help me get out of here. But look what he said when she tried to throw her big name around of who she was, look how he handles it. He replies to her, nobody's greater in this house than me and your husband. So look how he handled it. I've already got promoted without you. You didn't get me here. You can't take me further. I didn't use you to become second in command. I won't need you to become first in command. Look what he said. I know how I got here, and it wasn't because I gave in to my friends. I know how I got here. I didn't get here because I listened to people tell me that I need them to have God's favor. I know how I got here. I got here being righteous. I got here pleasing God. I got here not sleeping with people like you. I got here because I tried to be holy. I tried to put God first. I'm not going to be promoted by using you and your tactics and your tricks. I don't need anybody to promote promote me. I just need the Lord to promote me. That's how he responds to the temptation. And then he adds, the only one that I know 
that will know about this is the only one that I care to know about this secret rendezvous. God. Only God will know, and he's the only one I care about knowing. This is the mentality during seclusion. This is the danger of seclusion and quarantine and prison. The danger is only God will know what I do now. And there are too many people in prison all alone that say things like this. I might as well go ahead and do it because only God will know. The only one that matters in prison is the only one who sees. The only one you want to be pleased is the only reason to be promoted. So notice what's happening here. He's looking at the situation, and he's saying, guess what? The only one I really care about is the only one that's watching. How can I do this thing and sin against my promotion? Yeah. So I want to warn someone right now. If you ever want out of your quarantine, you ever want out of your prison, remember, the only one that can get us out is the main one you need to please. Jesus sees us in our secret places. If you ever want to get out of lockdown, please the only one that can see you. If you ever want to get promoted from prison, you've got to go to prayer when no one's watching. You've got to keep being this thing when no one else can see you because no one else needs to see you because no one else can get you out. Nobody can get you out of prison like Jesus Christ. He's the only one you really want to please in quarantine. We are not alone when you feel lonely. He's there watching you. You're just alone with God. That's really what you're doing right now. Finally, after Joseph does what's right, he ignores Potiphar's wife and says, no, I'm getting out of here as fast as I can. Potiphar's wife takes the jacket that Joseph left in a hurry because he was trying to run out of there. As fast as he could. And the Bible says that she uses the very jacket that she stripped off of him as evidence that he was with her. While the jacket is evidence of his presence, she's right about that. It is also evidence of his quick departure. The evidence says he was there, but the jacket also says he got out so fast he couldn't go back and get it. Our temptations should always be left holding our jackets. Because when they're holding our jackets, it means we ran and had no time to go back for them. It should be said of all of us that when temptation comes, it's left with only our jacket. If the only thing they get is our jacket, we win. If the only thing temptation gets whenever it comes knocking at our door, is our jacket, we win. Yeah. Better that they hold our jacket than our futures. Her husband believes her, throws him in prison. Now, y'all catch this. The price of righteousness is prison. The price of doing right in the sight of God, pleasing God, is worse prison. 
I know a lot of people right there that would have quit church on that. Well, I'm done then. I did right, and it got worse. How many times have I heard that as a pastor? Pastor, I did right. It got worse. Yeah, I know. I know. Read your Bible. I know. Pretty sure Jesus was praying whenever they took him to the cross. I know, I know. Righteousness should have a good reward. I know. The price of righteousness is prison. But not just prison, worse prison. He was already in prison. He was in house arrest. He went from house arrest to prison. But, Pastor, I thought that doing the right thing makes things better. Let me respond to that right now for everybody. It does. Some of y'all already know where I'm going. It does. Let me say it again. It does. It does. It does. It always does. Listen, I know the end of this story. It did. It did. It did. Pastor, I don't understand. Joseph Dibble was right, and now he's in a worse prison. I thought God loved us. He does. He does. He does. I know the end of the story. I know what happens next. I know that it worked out. Before Joseph was in a real prison, he was in home prison. It was a better prison to live in, but it wasn't a better prison to get promoted in. The first prison was comfortable. It was easier. The second prison was worse. It was horrible. But it was a better place because the second prison had the man that knew the Pharaoh. Some of y'all that know your Bible are getting excited right now because you thought that doing right made things worse. I've come to tell you, doing right makes things better. You can't do right and go wrong. You can't be thrown in a worse prison when you're doing right. He was in trouble for a season, and in that season of prison time, Joseph interprets the dream of this butler this man that used to work directly for the Pharaoh was in the worst prison, not the comfortable prison. And finally, he makes contact, interprets the butler's dream, and the butler leaves and forgets Joseph until the right timing, until Pharaoh has a dream himself and he cannot interpret that dream. Ask everybody, what does the dream mean? And nobody knows. And finally, the butler with a shaking voice because he doesn't want to go back to prison. He says, excuse me, excuse me, sir. I'm sorry that last time we talked, I had a problem. You threw me in jail. But while I was there, I hope you're okay with me telling you, Pharaoh. I met a man. He's just a slave. He's just a, he's a nobody. You ever heard of him? No, you had never heard of him. He interpreted my dream. And if you give him a chance... I think he can help you with your dream. The Bible says that this Pharaoh calls on Joseph from a worse place, from a locked up place, from a place that nobody thought it could ever get good from there. He was in a worse prison, but he was in a better place for promotion. And God raised him up to be second in command 
of all of Egypt because he interprets the dream of Pharaoh and prepares the country for a massive famine. God took the stuck places and sent him from them. Joseph taught us this tonight. If I'm going to be locked up, it's going to be the best prison you've ever seen in your whole life. Joseph taught us in this lesson that when God has a plan for our lives, we can endure the stuck prison seasons. Because God is not a man that he should lie. When God tells us he has an end for us that's not the prison, you can just work hard in the prison. You can just do what you need to do in the prison. You can decorate. You can make friends. You can do whatever you got to do. Because the prison is just a platform for God to propel you into the prophetic future that he has for your life. This stuck season of your life can still be the will of God for you. I know people right now who are stuck that God is stirring them up. I know people right now who are stuck watching the news, scared to death. Am I going to die? Is my family going to die? Am I going to lose my job? I'm stuck. God, how could this work? I have a solution for you. Be righteous in your prison. It will promote you to a place of authority. This is no hour to back away. This is no hour to feed your flesh. This is an hour to be righteous, to stand for God, and to keep your faith. Because I promise you, it does not get worse. It gets better. It always gets better. Every one of our homes, every person right now, I want to pray over you in the name of Jesus Christ that you'll have faith to keep the dream alive in a stuck place of seclusion, a stuck place, of prison. God, how can the prison be part of the plan I just explained tonight? And I want every person to hear me right now. This is a part of the plan for the church. It's a part of the plan for your life. It's a part of the plan for your destiny. Is coronavirus a part of the plan? If God let it happen, it's a part of the plan. Our God could have stopped it. Our God could have changed it. But he has not because God uses quarantines and prisons and stuck places to have promotion. I believe that right now your family shall be promoted. I believe that the church shall be promoted. I believe that we shall be promoted. I believe this prison is not a sign of our failure. It's not a sign of a lack of favor. I believe this prison is a place for us to work in. I believe this prison is a segue to a greater revival. I believe this time of quarantine is a place to shake us and rattle us and help us figure out, are we real, genuine Christians or not? Because you don't know if you're really real until you're tempted in seclusion. I had someone tell me just today, he said, Pastor, I haven't thought about cigarettes in forever. But here I am at home all the time. Here I am stuck, and I can't get out, and I can't do stuff, and I, I just don't like this. I'm starting to get tempted because that's the purpose of seclusion. We don't know who we really are until we get alone, and we get secluded, and we get in prison. But I've come to tell you today, don't give up. Keep your faith because God is working in this quarantine. God is working in this prison season. This is not a time to be afraid of the church or afraid of our destiny. This is a time to realize that God does his best promotion through prisons. Every time, God works through prisons. So if we're going to be stuck, 
We're going to be stuck in prison. We're going to use our favor on it. We're going to take the favor and the anointing that's on us as a church, and we're going to go anywhere we're allowed to go, and it's going to be the best quarantine you've ever seen. If I'm stuck in my house, it's going to be a revival house. If I can't leave it, it's going to have anointing everywhere. It's going to have prayer. It's going to have preaching. It's going to have videos going out. If I'm stuck in this place, it's going to be a mighty place. Wherever I go is my favor goes. And it doesn't matter where I go, I've got the favor with me. To those in our church, to those Christians out there who are having to go on the front lines and work hard, you have favor with you. And everywhere you go, the favor goes with you. Let us not forget that God has a plan for us even in the middle of stuck seasons. We're stuck, but we're not out. We're stuck, and we're still on trajectory. We're stuck, and it's okay. We can be stuck and still be aligned with the will of God. We should not fear or doubt. I want to pray in the name of Jesus over every home before we dismiss tonight, we close this down. God, I pray right now that you'll encourage every one of us. I pray you'll help every home, every father, every mother, everyone. God, we know there's so many people that are getting cabin fever and we don't know what to do. And I just want to challenge them right now in the moment of being stuck to use every resource, every talent, every gift that they can, every favor that they have to use that where they are right now. Someone needs their light. Someone needs their favor. Somebody out there right now sees them working hard, being blessed. Uh, I, I heard word just this week of an elderly couple in our church received $700 in the mail unexpectedly in the middle of quarantine, in the middle of jobs getting shut down. People are being blessed because that's how our God works. He continues used to give favor when no one else has favor and I pray that that faith will get a hold of every one of us tonight every home, every community, every listener, if you've got the God in your heart, if you've got his name, if you've got his spirit, if you walk with him daily, you've got his favor, then go march forward in Jesus' name and fear not because this is not a setback. This is completely a set up to where God is calling the church Receive that word right now in your homes. Receive that word right now in your spirit. Uh, we are not stopped. We are on hold for something greater. On standby for the next launching pad, the next positioning. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to thank him right now and love him. Thank him. Thank you, God, for the prison. Thank you for the quarantine. Thank you for Potiphar's house. Thank you for the pit. Thank you for the brothers that put me there. Thank you, God, for however it happened. It's okay because I know in the end we will look back and see that this was your work. This was your handiwork. This was a mighty God moving chess pieces in the earth because you know all. You cover all. You make every decision, and we shall not fear. Who are we to sin against you in this hour, God? We so desperately need to please you, God. We love you. And we worship you. And everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you all. On behalf of our church, stay safe. Looks like we'll be going through this for a few more weeks. Looks like we'll be dealing with some of this stuff. We want to get this thing done and over with. But take time in this season of being quarantined. Take time to search yourself, to dig in, and make sure that you're legit. Make sure that you're real. Because we all deserve to have that that introspective look into ourselves. So I challenge you to do that during these season of times. We're looking into research for being able to do something special for Easter. So we're hoping to get that lined out and ready for you. So please 
keep in communication with us about that. We hope to be able to do something special. I thank God for our governor who's been putting out information about religious freedom. And I thank God for uh, Governor Abbott for putting out statements how the church is a, going to church is essential. Did y'all, I hope everyone heard that. I thought that was an amazing, amazing news that came out in the state of Texas. Uh, it has been deemed that going to church is essential. But if you do go to church, we still have to go by the rules six feet uh, and sanitizing. And uh, we, have to, we have to keep up with all the rules of the CDC. But at least if people need to get to the church the right way, that is deemed as essential travel. And so we thank God for that, and we thank the Lord for the freedom to be able to continue to work and operate out of our church. God is good to us. We love you all. To our community, to everyone out there, stay safe. We're here for you. As always, contact us, follow us, uh, uh, spread the word, share the message, share this post out to everybody you can. Let's spread hope. And we love you all. God bless you. Have a great night, uh, and stay safe. Call us if you need anything, okay? We love you all. God bless you.